0: Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 160 of Retro Encounter. I'm your host for today's spooky indie game. We're going to talk about Marcos Gaspar. And today I have with me the impressive, the venerable Robert Fenner.
1: I'm uh, swollen with water weight and excitement to record today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. and we also have the super cool, the super hit, and you better have checked his Breath of the Wild soundtrack review, Greg Delmage.
2: um <laughs> uh, Something about mermaids.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I'm sure. That, yeah, part uh, of your world. There we go. <laughs> yes, I was thinking about that, just singing, uh, just changing the words to Under the Sea with Under the Swamp. Uh, mm. <laughs> because that's kind of what happens with a lot of people on there. It's done
2: hey. when you're dead, under the swamp <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh but yes, uh today's a uh, really exciting because uh we don't really talk too much about uh like really indie indie uh like creepy creepy games like uh this game mermaid Swamp, or uh, other ones that let's throw some out there
2: um but, you uh, had a bunch on this list,
0: huh
2: we had a bunch on this list,
0: oh yeah, kind of, uh like Ebe, mad father, another one from Uri is like the strange man series, or that uh blight indie creepy game that uh, i hope that you check out rob because i think you're gonna love it
1: i have it downloaded it's installed i just haven't had a chance to play it yet i would love to play blight dream
0: oh you're, you're gonna love it 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 mm. short sweet and I, I should i call it sweet i mean it's I <laughs> well it's a hard game <laughs> but yeah enough of that about that i, I I wanna actually uh not before I even jumping into Mermaid Swamp, I kinda wanna know uh like bo- both your experiences with like uh horror games, uh or just indie horror games I should say. because uh, I know uh, Rob, you're very experienced with uh like indie horror games.
1: Uh I am. Um horror games are probably one of my favorite genres. Um and since like the the horror game is kind of few and far between nowadays, um it's you know, after its nineties naissance um and the many imitators to Resident Evil and Silent hill um we don't get a whole lot of them, maybe like one or two a year, but we do get many more in the indie sphere um and I found that um the japanese like super no budget bedroom indie sphere is pretty ripe for um uh, small humble horror games, and some of them are pretty interesting um I think uh, Uri in particular who made this game um uh full disclosure, I've worked with her and the translator of this game vG person in the past uh, one of the better ones, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased, but um she as we see in this game, she draws from a number of unique uh bits of source material and mythology to craft something spooky so so
2: I'm excited that we picked this one to talk about today.
0: That's neat. Yes, how about uh, you, Greg?
2: For myself, my uh, indie-verse uh, in the horror game realm uh, hasn't really been a big thing. Uh, I've always I've always enjoyed horror films and games at a distance, I suppose is the best way to put it. Um, uh, this is kind of a way for me to challenge myself, in a sense. And when you were saying way back when you had the idea for this, and you were like, oh, let's do some horror indies, I was like, well, I played Costume Quest. That's <laughs> spooky, that's how we, right? <laughs> um, and that's indie. seasonal. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of, well, pseudo-indie. I mean, it's double-fine, but, eh, you know, whatever, wherever they stand. But anyway, that was about where I got, so I was like, oh, this could challenge me. I mean, I've played Fear uh, 2, I think it was, and that was yeah. pretty terrifying. I didn't get, like, I didn't play a bunch of it, but I just got through, like, a bit of the beginning of it, and I really liked the intensity of it, and, like, Prey, and
0: Bioshock, monolith Shock, game? And stuff. Hmm?
2: Uh, Fear, is that the monolith game, the shooter?
0: Yeah, That sounds right, okay. yeah. Yeah, shoot again. It was,
2: yeah, uh, yeah ages ago. Uh, and like Resident Evils and such. But yeah, I've never done anything like this, and which was a, a nice surprise kind of coming into, well, not only this engine, which I didn't even know existed until now, and it's very RPG maker-esque in its mm. way, but uh, with all the similar trappings, I'm assuming, and how it works and is made up. But um, just how, how much it drew me in. I found really surprising. So I'm very much new blood to this uh, whole genre and idea of where all these. I didn't even know like there's a whole subset of all these games out there, right? So oh yeah, they are so popular on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> that is not shocking. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it was really nice coming into this, and yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And like when you had mentioned costume quests, I the first thing I thought was like, oh, this is going to be good. I I felt like, I I just really wanted you to be on this episode. I was like, I I think you're going to love this one. It's a good start. That's why, uh, one reason why I chose uh, Mermaid Swamp was because uh, it's a a great entry level uh, for, like, the indie uh, horror RPG because it's not too, too gory. It's not too many jump scares, maybe, like, two or three at most. And there isn't, like, too strong of, like, uh, themes that you would uh, usually uh, relate to, like, horror games, like, uh, talking about darker themes. Uh, I think the darkest it gets here is, uh, well, well, we'll get into that, uh, <laughs> bit, seeing that it's part of, what like, what, three of the endings?
2: <laughs>
0: mm. But, yeah, uh, Mermaid Swamp. This is an exciting one uh mm-hmm. how did you find out
2: about these i guess is my question for you marcos
0: Ooh, a question for me i never get asked questions
2: yeah sorry uh, i'm completely derailing you as host but yeah it's just kind of a
0: greg if you want to derail that's fine i love answering questions <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah
2: how did you discover these these games uh you know because again for someone i feel like i'm well versed in the whole game universe and world of things that happen in gaming and i've never heard of any of this stuff
0: uh well for myself uh I think it was more of, like, just scrolling around YouTube. Uh, this was, like, years, years <laughs> ago. I uh, like, finding about, like, creepy games. I think one of the first uh, horror games, like... Not, it wasn't even Corpse Party. I heard of Corpse... Uh, the original, like, Corpse Party, uh, like, after I had learned about a game called uh, Ebe, And from hmm. there, I would just, like, learn more and more about these games. And find, finally come to a place where I found a YouTube uh, person that like just played like these indie horror games like all the time. So like I would slowly become more and more accustomed to them till I just went off in a search for it. And uh Rob, you you know the YouTube person I'm talking about, uh Manly Badass Hero.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. One of uh one of the uh people who was also a voice actor in Uri's game, the boogeyman, along with myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, and th- that was uh, really my uh me discovering it and ever since then uh i i just had this extreme fascination with it uh specifically indie horror games because i do like enjoy horror games like for like more major ones like resident evil or maybe like the evil within that's another good one i enjoy playing but mm. uh there's something about it that just you know it's heartwarming to me in this kind of weird fascinating and sick way
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: but yeah um rob i like, I want to know how you got into it, because I'm really curious, because you're very versed into this. I've, I've listened to a bunch of your uh, your audio podcasts or just your oh. uh, show, and I, I really like it, especially with it called Detention.
1: Um, uh, oh, Detention. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I guess those are si- sort of two different things. Um, I but I always try to have my finger on the pulse of like indie horror and indie games in particular. Um, I can't remember how I found this game in particular. I think I must have. Uh, I must have just. It must have been when I was spending time on Tumblr, which I don't anymore. And I found a VG person who was her shtick is she translates a whole bunch of no budget um and i guess i must have found mermaid swamp through her page um she's got a lot of weird stuff um that she's that she's worked on and, re- and released for free some of which you can buy uh, at a pittance on steam now um and this one in particular always just sort of stuck out at me
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like that—that um, that was one thing I found too on and Tumblr as well. I found the VG person. I was like, "Hey, this is a cool game." And then when, mm. I think my favorite one uh, that she's uh, translated is a uh, uh, the Japanese name is Moshi Moshi, or just Hello Hello.
1: Oh, that's the one that's set in one room, isn't it, with the phone?
0: Yep, yep. And there's like a bunch of different endings, but like the game ends incredibly fast. It's like yeah, it could like be maybe a minute or two, or it could be like as fast as like five seconds.
1: I seem to remember like opening opening a curtain and there's a big nasty face. It's been a long time since I played. Yes, you're right.
0: (laughs) But if you keep opening that same window, eventually just turns to just like this drawing of a girl without a shirt on. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was my first. I was like, what? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Why the heck not?
0: it, it like, oh, there's always a
2: really close link between like horror and sex, I find, at least in the North American audience stuff. There does seem to be, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I always think of the, uh, was it the Michael Myers movies? Or, like, the Halloween movies. Uh, mm-hmm. At least the one I saw. The first thing I noticed was, uh, like, teenagers having sex, and then the the killer getting angry at them and then killing them.
2: Hmm. Which is also Friday the 13th.
0: Oh, okay, maybe that's... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it, too. So, the moral... <laughs> camp crystal
2: lake is basically just orgy camp as the joke goes so,
0: so that,
1: that's that's kind of the shtick of the um 80s horror it's punishment of um promiscuity especially punishment of young women yep that makes sense
0: ah well, i learn something new every day uh that's fine but hey uh mermaid swap i want to know what both uh both of you thought of it uh uh, I'll let. I want to hear Greg's impressions of it because, like, it's new. I, I yeah, I, never played
2: it before or anything like this? Uh, uh, and you both have right before before this playing. You've played it before. I have, yeah. This is the first time uh, I have played it in
1: a number of years, but so it was nice to go back to it. But yeah, I am familiar with it.
2: Well, I didn't know what to expect first and foremost from the, the Wolf RPG engine. I hadn't looked up anything from it. So I went, went to the download. I was like, oh, okay, this looks very RPG maker. And when I opened up the main menu, like it all had that vibe and like the, the water and stuff like that. Uh, and once I kind of got it set up for how I wanted to go in, it starts very, uh, very traditional horror film of like teens on a road trip, going to a place, getting lost. Um, which uh, brought me back to one of the, one of the standout horror films for me, which was a uh, Wolf Creek. I don't know if you've either of you've seen that film, uh, which is like, which was extra creepy because they said it was based on a true story, but then it's not, which is oh. great because then I was just like, good, everything in Australia wants to murder me. I'm never going. But then when I found <laughs> that, out that that it's, is true though, <laughs> that is true, but not, there's not as many serial killers as I thought there could be. Anyway. <laughs> so it gave me that kind of vibe of like, okay, cool. This is, uh, like Marcos was saying, it's very good for an entry point because it's, like, it's familiar as far as the whole horror mechanic goes. Um, so that kind of drew me in into the storytelling and such. Uh, and I was like, okay, I see where this is going. They're going to go in the house and bad stuff's probably going to happen, uh, which it does, but it's got some really nice jarring imagery and, yeah, like a few little jumpy scare moments which kind of raise tension. Like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. But, like, not anything too horrible or terrible. It's mostly just the the game does a really good job of messing with your psychology in a sense, mm. which was surprising to me. Cause uh, as I said, like I've played stuff like Bioshock and fear and all that sort of stuff where you're in an immersive 3d environment, and you're hearing things on all sides. Whereas it, what surprised me is how immersed, how, uh, how drawn in I was to this 32 bit engine world and still felt the tension when like <laughs> the best way to put it is when we finally go to like the older mansion, and you're by yourself, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, just, like, feeling, like, I just felt, like, that, that clench in my, t- my chest, um, but then immediately later on, when Saitoro, Saito Saito, Saito uh, yeah, yeah. is that his name? Yeah, he joins you in there, sort of, like, at least he's, like in the, the study, just knowing he was in the house with me, just immediately, like, lowered my tension, And so, yeah, it was weird. I was like, hey, there's somebody else in here. That's fine. Everything's fine. Um, And, like, and again, this is all just me, like, playing, like, a top-down RPG, more or less, point-and-click adventure. And it was just, I was impressed by how much, yeah, the, the tension of the story drew me in. I gotta say, that's one of my
1: favorite tricks that horror games pull. Like, whenever it comes up, um, it always makes me really happy. Like, when you're in a spooky location, and then you have to go to, like, the older, spookier location. Like, um, (laughs) like, Corpse Party does it, where, like, you're in this horrible, haunted school, and then you go into the old building, and the music changes, and they say, like, the air feels really thick, and it's choking you. And it's like, oh, wow, this just has, like, ratcheted up the tension of what's already a horrible situation. (laughs) Um, so uh, the the old house does that really, really nicely
2: in this game. It does. Uh, and then there's like, yeah, with like the swamp of water kind of seeping down the stairs and boarded up doors and mm. cracks and things and creepy messages and cupboards and stuff. And he was like, oh my gosh. Because uh, yeah, like the old man leaving and you in like, but don't go on the mist. I can. Apparently <laughs> he never says he walks or drives. He just leaves, but nobody else can. Uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, I just found that good. And as far as, like, gameplay-wise, yeah, I was just like, okay, this is a point-and-click adventure. Of course, I wasn't expecting, like, JRPG-style battles against, you know, mermaids. But um, <laughs> I wasn't sure quite what to expect from if it was just going to be more or less like a, a visual novel or if mm-hmm. it was going to be, like, a true adventure game. So I thought that was kind of nice. Like, I definitely felt good when I solved some of the puzzles, although there was one puzzle that I was just like, okay, come on, game. Like, oh. I would not have put these two things together if I hadn't just read a guide to be like, really, that's how you want me to get through this? Oh, fine. Okay, sure. Ooh, I <laughs> but most I of it.
0: Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, it's okay. good. I was going to say most of it was pretty intuitive. Sorry, what were you going to say, Marcos?
0: I was going to say, was it the puzzle with uh, the phone?
2: The phone? Like, like waiting for um a phone call? No, I haven't. I don't even think I got that.
0: Oh, wow. Um, for me, oh, it was... um that's right. That's right. Never mind. I think you you said you got one in the ending spot. You, you didn't get the best. I did. Ending.
2: That's possible not. I feel like I definitely did not. Uh, but I don't know if you want to talk about endings just yet, but we'll get there. Uh, no, for me, it was um, when you solve the clock and you're using the item that you get from the clock, which, why was that in a clock? I don't know, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> when, when you use that, I don't want to spoil it in case... In case people want to play the game, I don't want to spoil it too much, but you get a, a bottle of something and you have to use it to open something. And it's just like, really? <laughs> Anyways, I, I assume you both know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. With the floorboards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that whole thing.
2: I was like, I have a hammer. Why can't what? Anyways.
0: Yeah, it's really strange. Uh, and that's uh like just in the or just horror game logic. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's kind of like a playing King's Quest or something else. It's like, this doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, and every once in a while, you're going to hear that from any adventure game. There's always at least one or two puzzles where it's like, you didn't quite get mm, think that one all the way through. That like, How are you expecting everyone to intuitively get to that jump with you? Where there's other ones where I was like, you know, the kimono one. I was like, oh, I get this puzzle. I read that book. Okay, that's I get that. That's a fun puzzle. And like, um, and it's nice having Saitoro there, too, to kind of explain the uses of some things. Because mm-hmm. I feel like for some, like the Zodiac one that might be intuitive to some people. Whereas I would never have known that about the timekeeping thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's a confusing one.
2: Yeah. But again, I'm just because it's the kind of thing where like, just go and interact with everything and anything you can in true adventure game fashion. And you'll probably find the answer. So it was, it, it was definitely like... good. For you. Sorry. Go Sorry. ahead. I was just going to say it was good for giving you that at
1: least. What were you saying, Robert? It is um one of the issues that I found in early games is that um it's like you you kind of have to be genre savvy to do that um i find, like you can interact with anything and everything, but usually you just get like what's basically a ca- like for a long time it's just like it's a clock, it's a cupboard, it's an electrical socket, and it's just like
2: uh like the I amount really, of trash cans I went to expecting yeah. to find wire or something. I was like, it's got to be in one of these things. There, yeah. There's a trash can in every room. There must be something in one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little... It can be a little exhausting.
2: hmm And we've definitely, like, heard like um, Rob Steinman and and the gang talk about other stuff on Random Encounter back in the day where there's the odd adventure game where they're just like, I got tired of just, like, mashing, smashing everything into everything else, hoping something would happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And this game definitely was not super guilty of that. Like everything, usually pointed immediately to a puzzle right after, which was good. And like I said, it was very uh, rewarding when I was able to solve things, so I did enjoy mm-hmm. that. Um, and whenever Marcos, you want to get into endings, I'll talk about my ending. But for now, uh, I'll leave it until we want to get there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will get there soon. But uh, Rob, what's your uh, impressions of the uh, the game? Um.
1: The first thing that struck out at me in this game is its setting, um, and, because I've got uh, I've got a bit of a fascination with the uh, mythology around um, Japanese style mermaids, um, or ningyo. Um, I used to really be um, okay. It's like it's it, all my references are basically from pop culture, and then like I learned about myth from there. But I used to like the uh, Rumiko Takahashi uh, manga and anime series, uh, Mermaid Scar, Mermaid Saga. Uh, which was based on this uh, based on this this old Japanese folktale um, Hapiaku Bikuni about um, it's like their their seminal their seminal mermaid story is that a fisherman catches a fish with the face of a girl um, and they decide the, he and his fisherman friends decide, oh that's a bad omen, let's not eat it, but he saves it and gives it to his daughter who eats it. And then she becomes immortal. Um, and she becomes this, uh, she, she, wanders throughout Japan for 800 years, um, getting married, falling in love, then, you know, watching her partners die as she doesn't age. And then she becomes a nun. Uh, and, uh, after traveling the world as a nun, she, she ends her life after 800 years. Um, and the mermaid saga it's like it's basically like a boy's adventure shonen uh take on that where like these two uh immortal like m- <laughs> mermaid detectives kind of uh, <laughs> are off uh hunting people who have been eating mermaid flesh uh who either in in Takahashi's world they either turn into big monsters or they just become immortal um and this this immediately uh, mermaid, uh, mermaid Swamp immediately reminded me of that series, and I'm thinking it was probably an influence, but um, I talked to Uri a little bit about this in an interview that I did on my blog um, about how, like, the main crux of this game is the m- meeting of two contrasting um, uh, ideas or settings. Like, she's she's crossing... What struck out at me is that she crosses the Japanese mermaid myth with... Um, uh the, the story of Ophelia from Hamlet um and this yeah. you'll see that like all the paintings in the house are different paintings of uh Ophelia 's drowning scene um
2: yeah, which was funny because like immediately I knew as soon as I saw one I was like oh that 's Ophelia and then that yeah very- uh, a very big recurring theme <laughs> yeah in
1: a major way um so you've you've got this this um g- creepy western style house with this japanese style um mermaid myth um, um uh, set within it and i like a creepy house with some quiet moments it doesn't ne- necessarily have to be a big mansion just like i like a weird scene where a bathroom fills up with a, a bath in a fills up with dirty water <laughs> um, and um there is um there's an absolutely amazing bit early on where um the one of the characters yuka you can um you can accidentally kill her um by trying to do her a favor and she she's she's got a cold and she's in bed and if you light the fireplace for her you get this um really really horrible uh graphic of her like all s- swollen it looks like something out of Gyo by junji ito this really really monstrous <laughs> monstrous monstrous girl um so oh i know yeah oh i know
2: <laughs> that's I can, how my game went
1: yeah yeah it's nasty i'm i'm a big fan <laughs> um but um as a whole um i like i like how much of this game is devoted to its puzzle solving and its narrative as opposed to uh some of its contemporaries which are big into the running away from a pursuer or engaging in stealth um and cuz these engines aren't really made for that and although this game does engage in a little bit of that it's more it's more um building mood and uh explaining its story than it is um ill designed action scenes
0: yeah i i totally got that and um that's also something i appreciated too that like it didn't focus with like being chased after uh mm. uh that there is a chase scene but i wouldn't mm-hmm. even call it a chase scene it's more like you enter a screen and then three seconds later oh there they are mm-hmm. and you, just, <laughs> you can navigate furniture and they can just get like stuck in between stuff and it's like okay this is a uh, yeah a little later to the game but um yeah i, I really found this game uh fascinating myself um and just yeah' I just want to like hear your take. like you said, uh, that was the first thing that I noticed where like I heard a mermaid swamp write a little bit about it and understood uh, like a little bit of the premise, and then like all the the pictures of Filia, or the actual like painting pictures are in the game, so these aren't like uh, like uh, drawn by the creators, it's actually uh, real paintings, and' yeah, I, it's
1: like I, the delays and the waterhouse
2: yeah
0: yeah and i, I, I are so familiar. Mm-hmm. i I always thought that was a really nice to have those things together but like for mm-hmm. me um like you gotta have two things uh I don't know why but like if as long as there's something really frightening about it and with a little just a tiny bit of comedy in it uh i like flock to it like the mm-hmm. interactions between uh Rin and Saitoro
1: I really really like Rin cause she's so grumpy and so nasty um and that's not the kind of heroine that we often see so I'm I'm like 100% here for that
2: yeah, they're usually the ones that die first in these things. Yeah, so, like the blonde uh, bitch who just goes off about everything and yeah. is completely like entitled. They're usually the first to go down, and Rin is oh, like uses it as strength. <laughs> it's
1: it's not even a not even a supporting character. It's you.
2: It's great. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and like uh, just it, it's just uh, her aggression just gets like like it, it's escalates uh, to the point where like. Uh, depending on what ending you get, and usually this is the breaking point. Uh, like the decision where sh- she has to uh, knock another character out of like uh, like this little. I guess sp- I don't want to say spell, but like they're being controlled, and mm. you would think, oh, uh, they're about to attack me with a weapon. What do I do? Dodge it, or uh, you- or like you know you run out of time in-, in case of the option because it's like don't dodge it. Like, well, why would why would I do that? and then you find out don't dodge was the real answer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind her, her reaction was not so much getting killed but uh viciously kicking the ca- other character in the chest and then repeatedly kicking them. Yep. <laughs>
2: oh jeez. Having a belated response. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but it's like those interactions and like just the overall mood and I really like the um the actual uh artwork that is done by Ari. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that's really it it really did creep me out when you first saw um, the scene of the. Um, I'll just go ahead and say the mer- the mermaid uh, the thing haunting the house. Uh, Heck yeah! While they're in the basement, or rather, she's in the basement, and you get the uh, still images one by one of like the wooden floor. Then you see the right arm, the other arm, and then <laughs> nasty
1: the little feet and the slapping sounds. <laughs> it was very. um... It's very Akira.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, like those like kind of like, grotesque anime kind of figures.
0: <laughs> mhm. And just that build up and I was like that's really well that that is such a good job on like such a sim- like simple en- engine like this. So like that's that's a good way to build horror. Uh and just those kind of moments uh kind of like put just a co- uh, just a quick cold shiver down my spine. And I was mm. like, "Oh, I wonder if I'm gonna die or if I chose the bad ending." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's a reason like a lot of um I gave the game a lot of side-eye uh, side as I was playing because I would be going on and the tension would be and I'm like, I'm just going to keep moving, but I'm also going to look out the window and what's the weather like today? Because then I won't be that scared if something suddenly happens. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good to good to keep one foot in reality. Keep one foot in reality? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't follow the rules of, like, you generally should have, you know, headphones on and stuff like that for horror, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to get through it sane <laughs> yeah i can't I can't begrudge you that no sure enough, so that's good it's yeah it it builds its tension really nicely yeah I, I didn't mention that, but the hand drawn uh sequences right out of the gate, i mean you get exposed to them, but the, where they're kind of peppered throughout the game to for some big momentous moments uh were really nice like I mean the most gruesome scene for me was after you light the fireplace yeah happens to yuka there uh, so but even then that wasn't like too bad as marcus was saying this one's pretty tame as far as its grotesque nature goes it's i got think some- that, personally <laughs> i think that's one of her most grotesque
1: images i've played a bunch of her other games and while um while a number of them veer into like super gory territory i think yeah that's that's the image that's really stuck with me of yuka <laughs> after the fireplace is lit and she's all swollen. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I was talking
2: about uh, um, what happens after it stays lit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, gotcha. Not as opposed to the, the bloated part, the the aftermath. Yeah. Well, ah, I, I see. F-
0: I'm sorry. Well, well, when I said the game was tame with that, I-, I was just comparing it to a bunch of other games. But yeah, this is actually yeah. uh, uh, well <laughs> above uh, Uri's other games. Most definitely.
2: Huh. Well, it wasn't that bad, I found. <laughs> Honestly, the part that freaked me out the most was the old man eyes Mm.
0: oh the jump scares
2: (laughs) yeah and it wasn't like most of the jump scares like oh okay but like that one was just like for some reason extra stern. i'm like ah creepy old man
0: eyes
2: (laughs) 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 and i was like oh yeah it was weird i don't know what it was about it and then maybe it was just the idea that like the old man is watching you or whatever but it was just so bizarre and just (laughs) caught me (laughs) off guard i think
0: well, yeah. Um, uh, one thing, that well, what plays during that like little jump scare is a little high pitched sound, and that 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 gets me because there's no music playing in this game. It's mm. very quiet. Mm. So when you hear a a really high pitched uh sound with like a flashing image, it's like that's gonna scare me.
2: <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like a like a little static blip, almost kind of thing. Just kind of stirs you. I think it's a daring move, and
1: I don't know if it's because um, Uri just couldn't Uh, vine a musician or any free source uh, music that um, she wanted to use with this game but i think um, i think a lot of games would benefit from using silence to punctuate its um, awful (laughs) awful awful things Um, i recently i recently finished Deathmark. i think the review for that is probably going up the same day as this podcast and um, i felt like that game was at its strongest when it had no music at all um, and sometimes when like it had a, like a spooky song to accommodate, to, to accompany something spooky happening, I was like, Hmm, you know, this, this would be better if this song wasn't here. And I think, um, mermaid swamp is a very, very strong case for, for, um, sparing use of, um, of, of background, um, sound.
0: Yeah. Um, th- that's one thing that like I, I mentioned, like, uh uh, uh, I wrote an essay back in college for one of my music history classes, and it was just about like uh like horror music uh and or just like horror games in general and their music that's used. And one of my uh, parts or like a big chunk of my essay uh, just focused in on the lack of music because it just has such an impact, especially when mm-hmm. you use sound effects, say like the grotesque sound effects of maybe flesh hitting a floorboard or just mm-hmm. a heartbeat. Uh, thumping in the back like these are yeah. natural things that like we can like like a heartbeat thumping that we can hear ourselves in a quiet uh, room uh but when we hear see it in the game and just associate it with that kind of like horror element it it just becomes scary
1: there's actually been um some uh sound designers um are talking about well <laughs> talking about um some some sound designers um they spent some time in an anechoic chamber where there is no sound and they described how disquieting it is that you hear like the high pitch sound of your nervous system and then just your pulse um so there is like no silence anywhere ever even in like a soundless room um and i I find that to be a really exciting idea
2: yeah that is intriguing because yeah i i don't know if anyone else has um Ringing in their ears constantly, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a scary uh, thing. Or I, I would really, I would really love to experience that. Like the the quietest I've ever been is in a is a like a, a practice room inside of a music, uh, like over at my music department when I was in college. But like even then, like uh, you would hear the walls jitter a little bit, and like you would hear like a ringing sound, like, just a tiny one, because there's a piano oh. uh, inside each uh, practice room. And it it's just mm-hmm. all those small things I just think are really cool as well. Oh, like
1: like ambient very slight reverberation of the strings.
0: Interesting. Well, well yeah, because what, what happens is uh because they try to soundproof it as best they can because yeah. you're playing you're trying to practice in a room with that there's like maybe ten rooms in that same hallway. And oh,
1: okay. So you can like hear the okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 no. That I'll just uh, explain like the way the, the the practice rooms worked at uh, this is at Rhode Island College. There's like a, a hallway and there's a uh, I say Ted, but there's probably like maybe eight or something uh, practice rooms. And each uh, side has like this little paneling of like something to like prevent sound from uh like leaking into into the other room. I mean you can't do that like perfectly. And the uh, the wall to the or that excuse me the door to the actual practice room is like a heavy duty door. Uh, so it mm-hmm. it blocks out a lot of sound, but not all of it. But when you go there on the Saturday, when no one's there, and you just sit there quietly, and you like hear a little bit of movement with like the walls, say a windy day, or just like a big truck driving by, it it's really cool. It's interesting.
1: Hmm, that is nice.
0: And speaking of interesting, how about those endings? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Well, for me, uh, I definitely. Uh first, first ending that got me it was uh, saying yes to Saitoro's offer. Uh, so that ended my trip pretty quick. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, oh, oh! I also haven't saved for a while. So that was really annoying, too. I had to go back and like plunge down into the water and do all that sort of stuff to get me over there. Yeah. Uh, go through the whole village sequence and everything else. So I had a lot of trekking to get back to that point, unfortunately. Because I just kind of took for granted that... Um, that wouldn't happen in this game Aww. That there wouldn't be any sort of game over states uh, but as for my ending i feel like i probably got the darkest one because if there's one darker uh, <laughs> uh where um she was uh she gets trapped and then ends up having to feed herself so yeah, that is that is the dark one goes crazy yeah okay
0: that's a creepy one it
2: was yeah it was a, a it was a it was a nice ending in the surprise of it Because, for example, bringing it back to Wolf Creek, as I was talking about earlier, um, spoilers, it doesn't go well for everybody. Um, And so it's kind of nice to see a horror movie that's just like, no, too bad you don't get out, you know. (laughs) Um, And I found that really interesting as a take. And it definitely made me feel a little despondent and helpless. I'm like, oh, I just have Mm. to watch this happen now. This is what I've committed to. There's no way I can change this.
1: This is the ending that most uh, faithfully ties up with Hapiaku Bikuni and kind of functions as like a modern-day horror uh, retelling of the story. She she eats that mermaid, doesn't she, in that ending?
2: She um, does, yes.
1: Yeah. So um, she she loses her mind and is convinced that, that she's, you know, now invincible or immortal. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, because he actually specifically references the whole nun thing. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, and then he's just like, eh, whatever, you're going to go crazy anyway, so I can just leave you in the woods. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to go crazy after eating that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because she was in there for days and is going hungry and just decides. And being trapped, I guess, in this room with all these grotesque figures. Yeah. Just loses it completely. And what about you folks?
0: Um... For myself, uh, uh, because that that ending gets me every time. It, it creeps me out. It always strikes a nerve. Um, just her running into the forest because that, that's what happens, right? She runs into the forest like screaming, yeah. for- laughing maniacally. Laugh, that's it, Man- maniacally. Um, uh, for myself, uh, I was cheated out of one of the bad endings because I didn't realize uh, about the uh, the matches or the uh, light fireplace until like Sitaro warns uh Rin about. Uh they, like don't light that. And I was like, Oh, I wanna go light that. Won't let you do it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I was like, Come on game, come on. L- let me do it. Let me light it. Uh but I was like, I guess my character has some sense to her. Mm-hmm. Um but for the ending I got it was it was the uh the best ending you can get. Um because I was locked on that option. And uh, yeah, I did die uh the first time to uh Sitaro. I was like, Oh yeah, he just wants to be you know, it's it heartwarming and then he just kills you. And I was like, okay, that's great. And then it but I, what I love about like that this uh that scene in the next one where he's trying to like cut you up with an axe, uh it's going against what you typically would choose uh to like knock someone out of like uh like possession or some sort of like just craziness. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it goes more to Rin's character. Like Rin would definitely say no to this. like Rin would choose the most aggressive option possible. And I mm-hmm. like how that reflects the 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 right decision. Like pushing pushing him away. It's like what? I don't like you. I hate you. And upstairs, where uh, you choose not to dodge because uh, she ends up kicking him in the ribs and just continues to kick him, and just tells like, "Who'd want to sleep with you?" And all that <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Like even when uh, he's he's passed out, he just keeps kicking him.
2: Hmm. Which is funny because there was a random moment. Cause there's like, uh, I was noticing there's the whole bonus thing where you can kind of find a bunch of little scenes. And, um, one of the ones I stumbled upon was I happened to go into Siderose's room at one point when we were both alone and she's like, Hey, come on, let's, you know, I'm lonely. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, there seemed to be like, I guess it's almost like a school ground crush. I felt between them as opposed to like outright hate. They both just constantly natter and pick on each other, but deep down they both actually care about each other. Yeah. So there was a part of me that didn't mind, like, the softness of making the choice of, like, okay, you seem genuinely freaked out, even though he's clearly not acting in his right mind. But maybe mm-hmm. this will help. And then it's like, surprise, nope. Mm-hmm. So, and then the same thing with the dodging and the not dodging. It was shocking. Because then when, you know, things go poorly for Cidero, you know, a lot of her feelings come out of just, like, but we were the only two alive. And, you know, you were still a friend. And, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. no just gets I weird like-
1: She obviously cares about him a lot, but I don't know. She's she's got her issues, doesn't she? (laughs) And I like appreciate. She she wouldn't be on holiday with him and her pals if if she didn't have some kind of uh if if she didn't consider him a friend at the very
2: least.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. What was that? That's exactly
2: it. And then they all kind of. I mean. You don't really get much out of uh, Yuka for how she turns. You don't really know like who of all of them is the kind of the glue that binds them because yeah. uh, Yuka and Yuta both kind of go on their own way pretty quick, mm. and it doesn't seem to be a way to circumvent that. At least with my playthrough, and maybe there is a way to to go around that, but it was still um, very startling. And there was that moment too where like you get the phone call from her, and it was just very. St- Startling in that regard as well, and then you find out. Oh, then things didn't go well. <laughs> it was kind of like a weird thing. Whether it was no, in his mind all. or what, yeah, mm, yeah. At least for me in my playthrough. I'm assuming you guys have gotten all the endings, because I assume there's how many other. You said there's three Marcos.
0: Uh, uh, there's four. There's, there's four. four.
2: I didn't get them all this time,
1: um, but I have. I'm not sure if I've got them all in the past either, but um, this time I w- I went for the 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 worst ending because that's the one that I had the fondest memories of um and then I was trying to go for the good ending um and I forgot that you're not supposed to dodge or yeah you're not supposed to dodge that axe um which um I guess that gives you like the second most depressing ending where um Rin feels pretty crazy um out of guilt for uh, hurting Saitoro um, and ends up jumping into the swamp, uh, thinking that she can, you know, find him and be with him forever. Um, and uh, I think Yuta is the only one left. And then he just ends up getting shot, um, I guess, by the old man. It's not, it, it's really ambiguous, but there's nobody else it could really be.
2: Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could, because I definitely, Yuta was gone a long time ago for me. Mm.
1: So I think he's pretty content or the, I think the old man is pretty content to, you know, um, wipe up, wipe out the loose ends and, um, keep the eventually drowned Rin as a, uh, as a mermaid in his basement in that ending.
2: Oh, interesting. Cause I, I'm guessing the one with Rin eating the mermaid is the, the worst case scenario. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Best ending. <laughs> Good job. Me.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I it's that, definitely uh, the most
1: um, memorable ending, so it's it's one of my favorites anyway. Even though it it's, sticks with you, it's yeah. a nice
2: version of all that. Everything turns out all right. <laughs> yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's true. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 you, you had the best ending, of time, right? Uh, yeah, I, I went for the uh, the best ending because uh, I got the um, what what is it like? Uh, they both uh, the ending where they um. Cause I, I went to go play it again, uh, where they both kill each other—not kill each other, but like swim into the ocean. Not, oh yeah, the, the, ocean, sort of, the swamp.
1: Yeah, the uh, sort of uh, Romeo and Juliet Shakespearean. Uh, let's just uh, let's just do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, let's just float away, and then that yeah. happened. I let's was both like, be Ophelia. <laughs> I, I wasn't too satisfied with that, but like the um, I did go for the good ending, and you know happy endings, everything's okay in the end. Surprise. Uh, hmm. And the the old man in the end ha- uh, has to live with the fact that his uh, precious uh, quote-unquote mermaids have uh, been destroyed by uh, Rin and S- Sidoro from uh, blowing the area where he has his stash of uh, mermaids, which, th- they're just uh, women. Uh, they're very bloated uh, over time because they were kept underwater. Uh, because, I-, I guess, I should we should probably talk about the story a little bit <laughs> to add some context to this. I think we should. Yep. The um, what was that? Good point. Yeah. Um, mo- more or less, uh, what follows, uh, like with the fa- the family that they're going to go up to, the old man's family, uh, the that's a the a, I guess a family of like um men who uh who absolutely love um uh, women underwater or at least women in water. Uh, to the point yeah. of kidnapping them and putting them in, uh, like, these big tanks that contain them. And you find the Love, other...
1: love is an interesting word for it.
0: Obsess over. Uh, there we go. Uh, have a monomania <laughs> over it. Kind of <laughs> like uh, Hector Berlioz with his uh, fascination with uh, an actress, but he was in love with the, uh, the role and not the woman. Man, that turned out really bad for him. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they have this crazed, uh, like, passion for these women underwater to the point of kidnapping them and putting them in these tanks and you find little hints of like the story as you go by especially like the way that the the uh, the men find a way to preserve the the women inside the water like finding the notes about the uh, the, I guess uh, the flowers or the whichever like note, uh, things about like was it germicide or something like that there, there's hmm. like notes of these uh, like, oh yeah the preservatives yes yeah. preservatives uh, used to do this until you finally uh, reach the, the ending where uh, uh, Greg was talking about eating uh, the mermaid. It's the, the inside of a room uh, in underground of, I think, five tanks, and they're all filled with uh, women. And Yeah, uh,
1: it's like the beginning of um, Phantasy Star 4 in the bio lab, but with ladies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this kind of like what's what foresh- foreshadows that uh, room is a boiler room that's like outside the old mansion. It's like, why is this here? It doesn't make any sense. And you mm-hmm. find out that that boiler room is uh, goes to that underground area where the uh, the women are kept. And it's to the point where, uh, well, let me uh back up a little bit. Sorry, Storytelling's not my best forte. Uh, but what happened was in the the past with the um. With the men is each generation like of male would uh could just continue this and you even get like a glimpse of what happened with uh the the old man's uh I believe it was his wife and kids who accidentally uh drowned but at this point I, I would say murdered because uh you see between the the two kids uh, the girl and the boy twins at least at first I thought they were uh, girls because one of the names was Che and another one has a mm. uh, feminine. But mm-hmm. then I realize like, it's probably a girl, because one has a, a disgust of the mermaid or the, the woman in water, while the uh, the other one, the the boy, has this, like, fascination over it. So you can see that it's going to just continue on to the next generation. So the mother tries to take away uh, the children, and they just end up uh, dying. And,
1: yeah, and, yeah every, uh, everybody gets in on
2: the action.
0: <laughs> everyone gets their... Uh, participation uh, trophy
2: <laughs> you participate in the curse you participate in the curse everybody participates in the curse <laughs> um, yeah the kids thing was kind of a little eerie and just how um yeah, yeah that all kind of went south yeah
0: and i i thought it was a. Uh... Uh, I would want to say scary but a little sad just the way that like it just progressed and eventually like uh get, finally getting to the ending where you destroy the fish tanks uh the old, or just uh the big tanks the old the old man uh comes back towards the end uh hands him a a map and like they ask him was, like what are you going to do now and his response is like just grieve. Because
2: He I mean, just it's... knows no other way.
1: It's it's an especially grim story because a lot of the most of the damage is already done here, so like even a a, a good ending for your characters is still like wow. There was a, just a lot of um quite uh, torturous actions that um went through long before this game even started.
0: A
2: lot of emotional trauma. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, I was really confused. I like because uh, I thought that. Uh, the old man had done something to uh, Yuka to make her blowed up like uh, like the girls inside the tanks. I was like, oh, he's probably getting her ready to put her in a yeah. tank.
1: I thought that must have been the case the first time, too.
0: Yeah, and then you realize she just gets better at the end. And then everything acts as a happy ending.
2: Hmm. Or at least that she can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably traumatizing for her. <laughs> but yeah, that like uh, that, that was my experiences was uh mermaid swapping like just the best ending i i really enjoyed it it was short and uh i personally would like to see a uh, uh like another one like this uh following like other um i guess like myths uh combined together or like mm-hmm. different cultures uh like that mm-hmm.
1: i always yeah, like the idea of this. a modernized myth especially one that kind of makes it a little bit um, uh haunted and grotesque um while you know it, it, taking like the the outline, um, and um, taking it to its logical conclusion and making it into something that's um very literal and very uncomfortable. And I think this game really excels, really, really nicely at achieving that.
2: I would agree with that. Uh, one one random thing I do want to say to it is, um, why does Rin abandon everything that she uses? It's like I could defend myself with this knife I used to cut with a pillow, or I could just leave it here in the bed. <laughs> I could defend myself with this hammer or I could just leave it here. Like, I mean, I guess it gets heavy, but it's just well everything that could be weaponized is one of those classic like uh horror movie tropes where you're like yelling at the scream, like keep it you idiot you
0: know.
1: I think Rin knows that her true power comes from her fists. Apparently. <laughs> As
2: I've discovered.
0: Yes, or her feet. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's
2: some good uh some good Halloween flavor that folks uh can definitely find uh, and get in on if they want to get into the the spoopy mood, and it's absolutely and free. Knight. Yes, yeah, it is.
0: Yes, it is uh, available online for free. Uh, so if you like creepy things, folks, this is definitely a good starting point. Uh, like like I said, not too gory, not too many jump scares, and it's it's a good start into this uh, genre of uh, horror games. That I think that I think all you like will really enjoy it if you like uh, scary things or even, like, mildly scary things, it's not going to give you a heart attack.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like that little bit of an adrenaline rush, like, this uh, a little bit of a, a thrill-seek, it definitely covers that for you. Mm-hmm. But it's genuinely weird, too, which I really appreciate. hmm And the nice thing about this, by comparison to, say, a film, is you, you as the player have control. You know, mm-hmm. like you you feel like you have a little more onus of it, which makes it a bit more scary, too, because then you, you have that worry of, like, my actions could kill these people. But conversely, at any point, well, just like a film, you can just turn it off when you need a break, right? You can always just save and come back and realize, saved, I can make a different decision. It'll all be okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you, uh, you guys want to talk about about this game? Because I think we might have uh, hit everything. I
2: feel confident with uh, where we're at. Yeah, it's, it's I think just we've that. a it's good just... overview.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, Robert. No, I was just saying. I, I
2: I too think we have done a good overview.
1: But yeah, there's not a, too
2: much to uh, dive into aside from that.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh well, well said. But uh, you know,
2: if if friendly, cuddly mermaids are your thing, uh, stick to Disney. If, uh, as Marco said, if you like the spookiness and the horror stuff, uh, go for this.
0: <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, this, uh, this has been a great episode. It was a pleasure talking to both of you, uh, Greg and uh, Robert. I, I would love to talk to you guys in the future because I like spooky things. And I would, what am I talking about more spooky things with both of you?
2: Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate being introduced to this because of this podcast. It's always nice, uh, especially with retro encounters in general, just having the opportunities to play stuff I haven't otherwise uh, played. So it was really nice being opened up to this, and I appreciate it. I, my fiancé is definitely intrigued by the concept of this game. Oh, cool. Ooh. I know she will be uh, terrified the whole time, but it'll be delightful to witness. Hmm.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. If you have any comments or suggestions for us, you can reach us at retro at rpgfan.com. You can also chat with us on the board or even Discord. If you like today's podcast and would like to check out more episodes, you can find them at rpgfan.com and also on iTunes. Again, thank you so much for uh, checking us out, and I hope you join us for next week's episodes because it's going to be something special.
2: Is it also spooky?
0: Sadly, it's not spooky, but... If you're frightened of handheld games, then it might be spooky. <laughs>
2: I, just, I just always fear that I'm just going to drop them. I'm in constant fear I'm going to drop my handheld game. I just I can't do it, guys. Can't do it. I want to meet that person that has that specific fear.
0: <laughs> uh, I see and everyone. I
2: entire game to them. At any rate, thank you for listening. But. Mm-hmm.